Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Not too much. Not too much. Reading about uh, a Tesla compa- um, competitor. A, a Tesla competitor? Like yeah. what? Uh, I just read about Faraday Uber. Future. Faraday Future? Really? I'm yeah. That. Check out ff.com. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not much, not much to it yet, but just seems like a, another cool-looking electric car. Oh, what? Did you read about the uh, Uber? Um, oh, the truck? It was like a, the ni- no, the Uber like 92-page white, white paper, whatever they call it, white sheet about how they see things in the future, and they were basically like, we're going we're gonna to plan on flying cars. <laughs> Like wow. Okay. Yeah. It was no, really I did not know this. It seemed kind of like a, a headline grabber, or or I don't know what the best word for it is, but you know, it's not like they're actually developing flying cars. It basically was like, hey, if you are developing a flying car and it looks for real, we'll we'll help you commercialize it, something like that. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, this looks cool. The website's very slow on my computer, though. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Faraday. That's weird. Um, same with mine. Um, so before we get started, um, we should, uh, we should read our, our most recent sponsor, our ad spot. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. This episode is, uh, brought to you by Microsoft. Um, the- <laughs> it's going to be like, I don't, I don't know that we had one. <laughs> no. Yeah. Microsoft is paying me, but not you to say oh, things. Okay. Great. So yeah. Wow. This, this site is for real crashing my computer. Yeah. Like you my- are, you're like slow you're like a sloth to me right now on video chat seriously it's it's for real crap like i can't even click it to close fair day future get a get a better website i guess uh i guess maybe their cars suck as much as their <laughs> as much as they, their uh they look cool but they also look a little website. bit like this isn't supposed to be for regular people to buy weird um so yeah we so today well, actually, before we get into our topic for today, um, what have you been up to this week? It's Friday. So what have you been up to all week? Um, editing, mostly. A couple sessions in there. Nothing too uh, crazy. Can you still hear me? I can, but you're still, you're still like <laughs> one frame per second. So This is crazy. Just close. I'm trying. I'm desperately force trying to quit, force man. quit. Dude, I did. I, I hit force quit. That and is it's, really funny. I can't, I literally can't even like, the force quit window just popped up. I can't quit. So I'm just going to, we should move forward assuming that Audio Hijack is, is still recording. Everything our, looks good. Yeah. But this is, this website is the worst thing I've ever come across. <laughs> um, yeah. No, dude, I'm just editing a ton. I had a session or something the other day and a wedding this weekend and then London on Sunday, Sunday to Sunday next week. So it's pretty crazy. How about you? Nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've pretty much yeah just been editing. I had a shoot on I had a wedding on Saturday and a portrait session on Sunday. But other than that, I've just been catching up and also going to Prism's practice on Wednesday. Yeah. One business related thing I've been doing this week is switching over to an S corp instead of an LLC. Or a sole proprietor. Yeah, so we were reading a, a, a thread on on a Facebook group that we were involved with that um, basically was saying that being an S corp actually can save you a lot of money uh, on taxes if you file it incorrectly. 
um, and because the U.S. tax code is completely bizarre, uh, it allows for, I don't know, it just allows for the S-corp situation to work out, which is basically, what is it basically, that you, you bring so in a salary? What happens is, say, for simplicity's sake, let's just use, like, say you make a profit, not just revenue, but a profit of 200000 a year, um, which would be pretty amazing. <laughs> that would be uh, but you you do that, and uh, in an S corp, you you pay yourself a salary. You get a paycheck through a payroll company, just like you would if you were working for a real regular not a not a real but like just a regular company um so they withhold uh your tax and your stuff that's all totally um the way it would normally look on a on a paycheck that you would get from payroll working for some other place um so you basically establish yourself what you want your salary to be uh so say you, you make two hundred thousand a year but the irs has a ton of wiggle room about like how much a reasonable salary is for for any job like they they don't say if you're a photographer you should pay yourself this much <laughs> or anything right um, it's so you fairly can, fluid yeah you can like loosely try and and say yeah I'm gonna pay myself a salary of a hundred thousand a year out of the two hundred thousand that I make and basically what that allows is uh, for you to be taxed regularly on that hundred thousand dollar salary something but, like thirty ish percent thirty three percent ish yeah mm-hmm. but then the leftover amount of money that other hundred thousand that you make that's profit yep is able to be withdrawn as what's called a distribution and you don't pay self-employment tax on that on any amount that's in the distribution that you take so self-employment tax is like 15 point something percent so in theory that extra hundred thousand um can be distributed to you and taxed only at 50 15 percent instead of 30 percent yeah it's taxed uh for federal and and all the other tax minus the uh the self-employment tax so you basically you know in this example would be saving like 15 something thousand dollars which is just awesome (laughs) but um you know it's uh it's apparently a lot higher risk to be an S corp because the government knows people do this a lot in terms of like making themselves uh, a really low salary and then taking the majority of their profit to distribution tax fifteen percent less. Like you have to take a reasonable salary in yes. order to avoid being audited. Yes, it's really but, interesting. But still, it it should be worth it depending on what you're depending on how much you make per year so here's the thing yeah if you you need to make enough that you have enough um funds to take as a distribution to offset the extra cost and accounting and payroll and stuff like that because running an s-corp you have to do a whole nother layer of uh, accounting work with everything you have to pay like i said a uh, a payroll company to to manage your your paychecks and and auto withdrawal for federal and and all that stuff um so that's an extra cost of like a hundred something a month from the per- people I've been talking to, and um, you, you need to make enough that the distributions you take offset the extra expenses, and you come out on top with saving a, a little bit in in taxes overall. So you know if you if you make a hundred thousand dollars instead of the two hundred, um, you probably need to pull a salary somewhere in the sixty to seventy thousand dollar range in most cities mm-hmm. um, to to live off. That only leaves like twenty or thirty that you could take as a distribution. So you're not. It's probably going to 
wash compared to right. if you were just an LLC. Like you're, you're just not going to see that um, that huge amount of tax savings. So it's yeah. all really interesting and new to me. I haven't really looked into it that much until this this week. And right. so, um, so what are you currently registered as? I'm a sole proprietor, but I'm an LLC with a sole proprietor pass through. So legally, gotcha. I my liability is limited to the company, right? So if somebody right. sued me, they can't come after any of my personal stuff, which is the main reason to become an LLC. But everything from a tax and accounting standpoint is, is just like I was a sole proprietor. Gotcha. Um, so I highly recommend doing that as a minimum, just so you protect your personal assets and, and yeah. everything. But yeah, yeah, currently I'm just a sole proprietorship. So um, I'm, it's something and that I'm looking into actively one. Yeah. this year. Yeah, that's the easiest thing to just, do because I don't think you actually have to do anything uh, uh, as far as like registering as a business and everything. I think you, you're basically just taxed on your own uh, tax return. It's like just connected directly to your personal social security number and all your personal finances. As an LLC, uh, it's pretty much the same way, the, the way that I've got set up. But as an S-Corp, I think I have a completely separate tax return for my business now instead of it being tied to my personal one. That's great. So that that's that's part of the added cost, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have to now file two tax returns or something like that, which it gets expensive. Yep. So. Yep. So um, that's cool. Uh, let's see what else. What else is on the menu today? Um, happened this week. Oh well, I mean, I guess we can we can get we can start jump talking. right into our yeah, jump right in. Sponsored. So <laughs> yeah. So as most people know, this week was the uh, Apple uh, event where they revealed the new line of MacBook Pros. Um, which I didn't is, realize which this. Is did you cool. watch the? Uh, I mean, I realized that, but I was gonna. Did you watch the keynote? No, did I didn't see? even watch. Okay. It. No. I didn't realize it, but this is the okay. the same. This is the 25th anniversary to the week. Um, oh, that's right. Or maybe to the day. So, uh, of I believe the original, it was to the day. Yeah, of the original MacBook. So um, interesting timing for that. <laughs> I just kind of feel like they're maybe they'd forgotten about it as well, yeah. and they were just like, "Oh, ah, we can use this as a reason to make it seem like we we waited this long on purpose." Yeah, <laughs> to release. Yeah, because they they the last time they refreshed the the bodies was 2012. Yeah, and they've done very very small upgrade. Basically, uh, yeah, before this new line was announced, yeah, before this new line was announced, you could pretty much buy the same speed and power MacBook that they were selling in 2012 in 2016. Like it wasn't Yeah, I mean, improved. it got a Retina screen and it got like new like airflow and a couple of new ports and that's it. Like in 2012. And then yeah. since then it's just it's gotten unchanged. a couple more I, has it even gotten any different ports? Like I don't, I don't even. No, think no, no, so. no. They haven't redesigned any of the body, and they've barely done any different specs. I think very, very modest. Uh, yeah, other than speed specs, because because they weren't processor able to processor and graphics cards. But, but even those so. were 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 very really pathetic. Like the newest one you could buy was basically going to clock in at the same speed as the the fastest one you could buy in 2012. So it's it's crazy that they waited this long. I mean. In computer terms, four years is is, uh, is a lifetime. So, yeah. I'm I'm pretty happy with the what they've showed. Yeah, I think I, the I touch agree. bar looks super compelling to me. Like it looks very neat. Yeah. The only thing that I'm upset about is that I generally like to have just a screen on my desk at, at home. If I'm going to have a monitor, I would prefer it just be the monitor and no 
body. And if I really, if you get used to using this touch bar as an interface for editing or just using the computer, that requires the laptop being open in front of you, <laughs> unless they create a standalone keyboard. Which, which as we were talking about the other day, um, I think is fairly likely. Um, I do too. Yeah, I think that that's probably they'll probably release a keyboard with an integrated strip on it. Or if they get really crazy, which I doubt they will, because they are super super safe lately since the late Mr. Jobs died. Um, <laughs> they uh, that what do you mean safe. They have the, been the playing MacBook, it so safe. The MacBook laptop is a one port USB C, thinnest, lightest, smallest thing they've oh, ever made. Oh, thin, light, with great. a brand new keyboard. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sure. I don't know what else you want from them. I I think that the the 12 inch MacBook is cool, um, but other than other than that, it's just been iPad refresh, uh, iPod. What? See. Okay. Yep. This is this is the outside looking in. Uh, no. Sam, iPad think about refresh. It. The iPad when Steve Jobs was alive was just a, a touchscreen. Now they've, they've gone iPad Pro with a stylus that's incredible, like really realistic. And uh, I have to shut this down. This dog is upsetting. What's up Hold with popcorn? I, gotta... I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Seriously, I, I, they've everything has been very incremental, sure. which probably makes it feel very slow. But if you look at the reality of what was there when Jobs was still like a main major force, and what's there now, it's a totally different experience from Apple. Yeah, that's I, true. It, it, well, it is a totally different experience. But I'm saying it's, I would say, less innovative overall. Overall, um, it's it's okay. it's more incremental. Anyway, feel free I, I to feel just... like the major innovation Jobs did was the iPad on top of the iPhone. Like, obviously, the, the iPhone iPod. was huge. Well, of course that. But I'm just saying... Like, All right, that's biggest, what I'm talking about. After the iPhone, the biggest thing that Jobs put out after the iPhone, which was huge, don't get me wrong, was the iPad, which is just a bigger iPhone. Sure. <laughs> and... Uh, all these other products, the watch, the stylus, the, um, the MacBook One, the AirPods, like all these things yeah. are, are totally... They're getting there. They're getting back on their feet is what I think <laughs> is going on here. I think yeah. that they are getting back on their feet. And well, so, what's amazing is that they're getting pushed, uh, pushed along by other companies right. playing catch up and perhaps with this surface studio have you looked into it at all the yeah, microsoft so Ro- my our friend ross is like fairly obsessed with uh with microsoft products and he he constantly lets me know when there's a new one and does he um, still use a windows phone i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god or no i think he he just got a google phone and he called me and he was like this is the worst phone i've ever had oh no um that sucks. So whatever, but anyway, I, yes, I looked at the Microsoft Surface Studio. So it looks it looks really neat. It looks like a big. I'm not sure how big it is. It looks like 23 or 24 inches. Uh, it looks fair like a big 20, 28. Oh, it was a 28. 28 okay, so it's yeah. huge. So it's a 28 inch screen um, that is um, just just like the iMac is just 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 a screen, um, and then you've got peripherals like a keyboard and mouse and then they also have this um this dial that you can pick up and place on 
the screen itself and it it has um it has functions contextual functions depending on i guess what app you're using or you know what what kind of program you're you're working on um and so and the coolest part about the surface studio other than the fact that it's entirely touchscreen which is awesome um is that it folds down to not i guess it's not quite flat but it it folds down to um, at least a, an almost flat angle so that you can use it as almost like a, a table you can collaborate around or uh, stand above or something like that. It looks, looks very, very cool, actually, to me. Yep. Yeah, it does. It looks great. It's $3,000 starting, and it doesn't include the dial, as yeah. far as I know. I don't know how much the dial is. Yeah, so. I'm not sure. I can't imagine it's, it being that cheap. Not cheap. I really want to know what the, like, the palm rejection and the pin... Um, feel and, and use is like I, I would assume it's really great but uh, it needs to be know. really great yeah all the promo videos and professional sh- from whatever the promo stuff that I've seen from, from Microsoft has basically shown people drawing with a raised wrist and palm like mm, floating really which would be miserable that would be miserable yeah but uh, maybe that's just could be just to prevent like fingerprints and stuff from yeah. showing up on the ads. That's the maybe. other thing that I really... So here's here's something that I think a lot of people probably forget about these major tech companies, especially Apple, is that they can prototype anything oh, they yeah. want. Yep, anything. <laughs> and have it anything. on their desk to play around and try. And I bet they, they've had a few prototypes made of touchscreen laptops sure. or convertible tablets or whatever. And one of the big things that I would just think just right off the bat would be a potential problem for something as big as a 28-inch huge desktop screen is is the fingerprinting. Yeah. Like, it's not a problem on an iPhone or an iPad because you have the ability to hold it at, a, at an angle that if you do happen to notice the glare and the fingerprints, you can just move a few inches or whatever. But with the desk that's, you know, something that's on your desktop all the time, you don't have that left to right pivot you only have up and down and just having it covered in fingerprints all the time would maybe be a, a it, huge problem I it, don't know. yeah it could be or it could be that you know we don't care about the iphone or ipad uh fingerprints on there just because it's so small we can just wipe them off with one hand um yeah. versus monitor. versus know. a monitor maybe yeah i don't know i i kind of feel like i'm of the mind that I'd like to just sit with it for like a few weeks and I honestly imagine that I probably won't notice them after a while. Yeah. Um, but for us, I don't think, I really feel like this would be a, a an illustrator's dream, not oh, so definitely. much photographers. I don't have the desire to reach out with my finger and, and touch things to, to manipulate the exposure and the, the, and calling like I want to have a quick button keyboard, not not have to draw my finger across. Certainly, That's- although uh, future technology could make you know touch surfaces much easier. I mean, honestly, just the invention of the force feedback um, trackpad on Macs and on um, and on iPhones. Has just been awesome to me. I think it's like a really cool feature. It the gives you feedback. They're, yeah, they call it the haptic, but right. they call it haptic, but it's haptic feedback. Okay, yeah. so haptic okay. feedback. Sorry, I'll yeah. get it right this time, no, uh, okay. Sam. Um, that uh, I, I 
I love that because that I think I think that introduces the possibility of um, you know of, of of having, for instance, an exposure slider on a you know iPad like touchscreen at your desk, and you yeah. can just be moving stuff, and it really feels like you're moving a slider. Um, yeah, with taptic feedback. So, um, so I don't know. I, I could see I could see that kind of thing coming along in the future, but right now, uh, yeah, again, I, I, I'm excited about this touch. I I feel like, so the way that I've been reading and how Apple has always kind of made their case is that when you're sitting in a desktop environment with a laptop or, or a computer monitor, you have two completely different planes of interaction. Mm -hmm. One is vertical and one is horizontal, you know, keyboard and mouse versus your screen. And to try and blur those two things, it's, it's, it's fatiguing to have to always be touched, especially a yes. big monitor where it's 28 inches across. I mean, you're dragging your finger like a foot or two every time you want to do Absolutely. something. That That is going to get tired way too too soon. Maybe not as bad on a laptop where it's just you know a foot in front of you and you can reach out and touch really easily. But this having a touch interface bridge that gap between the horizontal and the vertical uh spheres, whatever, um, I think is a really amazing start to, to what exactly, like you said, having maybe a larger touch interface that's above the keyboard or going completely digital yeah. with a keyboard so that you actually only get some sort of taptic feedback as you press these digital keys yeah. instead of having hardware. I can see that happening oh, easily. Totally. Yeah. And kids these days uh, can type just as fast on an iPad keyboard as they can on a regular one. It's yeah. like crazy. Uh, if they can just stage. somehow crack that like haptic feedback mixed with feeling where you're at without having to look somehow, yeah. uh, that'd be incredible. So anyway, I was really impressed. Uh, I think some people are upset. How do you feel about the loss of the function keys? Um I don't care about loss of function keys at all. The one thing I, I am a little weirded out by is the loss of the escape key, uh, which is causing quite a stir in the programmer community, as far as I can tell. Um, well, it is still there as a virtual key now. Right. Um, but for people that program and for people that, or for people like me that have that dual boot into Windows, um, Sometimes that is interesting. I that's wonder... a, that's a tough one for me to stomach. I'm like, eh. but at the same time, I don't need, I don't really need to boot into Windows that often. Um, especially since I'm building, uh, eventually, like in the next month, I'm going to be building my own Windows computer. Um, so, what's your plan for this? I think we've talked about it off air. So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So here's the deal. Give so, us a run through. Yeah. So the run through is that I want a really awesome. Uh, incredibly powerful Windows machine. Um, partly because I want to play video games on it and partly because I'm interested in trying out some of the new Windows 10 features and um, and stuff like that. And, and also, I'm interested in dual booting into a Hackintosh setup. Um, I'm, for those that don't know, I'm fairly, fairly crazy on computers and, I mean, I guess that's kind of kind of come through on the podcast but um i love messing around with with computers and and i really have a strong desire to try to do a dual boot hackintosh 
and Windows set up on one computer. And uh, so that I can still use uh, Apple features um, and basically have an Apple desktop computer, but also be able to interface with a MacBook. Because mm-hmm. um, there's no way in hell that I'm buying anything other than a MacBook for a portable computer, because that's just stupid. Um, <laughs> not, not, not actually, but the fact of the matter is that it's just MacBooks are just too solid to, uh, to not have with you. Yeah. Um, I have not yet met a, a PC computer that can perform half as well, half as well as a, as a MacBook. So unfortunately that's the reality. Um, and so anyway, so my plan is to, cause I've got a, I've got a really awesome 2011 MacBook, you know, MacBook pro that's fully maxed out, but I'm going to be getting rid of that and probably buying a, a like a 12 inch MacBook. Um, Hmm. Okay. I don't. So you're going to do the one port 12 inch Retina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Instead of because I'm going to be building this crazy, you know, desktop computer. So I don't really need a powerful, a super powerful MacBook. I don't really right. feel like I need a MacBook Pro as much well, as I want I've, one of these new MacBook Pros. I don't think I would need one. Surprised to hear me say that, like I do most of my calling and probably most of my editing on yeah. my 12-inch Retina MacBook. And yeah. if smart previews are rendered for all your, which all I do for everything, things, yep, um, it's probably faster than my 5K iMac. Right. <laughs> like it, it's because it's not push. It's still Retina, but it's not pushing nearly the number of pixels as a giant monitor. Exactly. You still get your your really accurate Retina color rendition stuff. Um, and for right for Lightroom, that that seems to be the bottleneck is literally pixel density. Yeah. Um, it, it just sheer or not even pixel density, just sheer number of pixels seems to be the one thing that slows Lightroom down for me. When I'm yep. working on a bigger screen, um, Lightroom is just slower. And yep. I think that that's awful, but that's on Adobe to figure out. Yep. I was really happy to see that an Adobe person came up and demoed a Photoshop demo with this toolbar, and touch how, bar or whatever. How did that work? How it did was it look? Pretty, pretty compelling. It looked really great. Like, uh, especially, um, what was my favorite? part of that i mean it was great to be able to pull up and see just the full spectrum of colors to choose from instead of having to use your mouse for that you could if you pulled up oh oh actually my favorite thing was being able to change the brush size in photoshop using a slider slider on on the touch bar instead of having to like key up on a keyboard or use your mouse that was awesome um but yeah i mean all these granular really kind of secondary layer stuff is now instantly accessible if you want it via touchscreen all the time yeah it's some people are freaking out because they're saying you know muscle memory is really important and now not having a function key mapped to something specific you're going to have a different button there depending on the app you're in and people are going to be confused about what button is where and when but that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard because your function keys change based on your apps that you're in already other than your core system stuff like um, volume and brightness but aside from that, like when I'm in Lightroom, my F2 key does something totally different than when I'm in Notes or something like yeah. that. Like it already changes. Uh, and having a, an actual visual cue that changes along with it is going to do nothing but make it easier. I, I 
think. I think so too, especially if they do a good job of kind of standardizing sections of that touch bar um, depending on different applications. Like for instance, let's say you're using Lightroom and there's a slider bar that's in the middle that you can adjust, let's say, exposure. Um, okay. If you're in, um, let's say, Microsoft Word or something, um, you can, that maybe there's another slider right there in that same spot that adjusts screen size or something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like given some kind of, some basic level of standardization, the touch bar could be totally intuitive for anybody. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the case, but they are going to let you customize it a lot. The only really static part of the whole thing is in the far right corner is now one of my favorite things, Touch ID, built into the MacBook. Very cool. Have, have you been – I've purchased a few things online already that it, using just your iPhone nearby, you can pay with Apple yep. Pay on your computer, and then you just scan your fingerprint on your iPhone. And that's all the verification it needs. You don't have to enter any address info. All you do is choose your card, scan your fingerprint, paid for and done. That's, That's the way it should always be. And another really cool feature they showed is for like an office environment, I can imagine this being really great. Uh, when you walk up to the computer, your MacBook Pro with the Touch ID, uh, and it scans your fingerprint, if you have multiple users, it'll automatically land you on the desktop of that person whose fingerprint was scanned. So say you and I shared a computer, Nathan, I could walk up to it, scan my fingerprint, boom, I'm in my work environment. Cool. It's, Relocked, and you walked up and scanned your fingerprint. It automatically pulls up your environment, the last place you left it. Um, that's so really cool. That is cool. <laughs> that's the yeah. way it should be on an iPad too, because I think iPads are used in businesses probably just as much as oh, MacBooks, yeah. MacBook Pros, and uh, having they really need to implement multi-user stuff on an iPad. So anyway, this is all very nerdy, but it's it's potentially some huge shifts in how we fundamentally use computers and, and, you know, if Lightroom, which I'm sure it would eventually supports the touch bar, uh, oh, I, could sure see, will, yeah. I could see a lot of these interface companies right now, like we were talking about last week, uh, that try and hack MIDI controllers and stuff like that to, to map physical keys to virtual buttons. Uh, I could see them kind of not being necessary anymore. Well, what but. I what I could see um, an opportunity for them now that this touch bar is implemented, they can they can I think feel the freedom to create before Apple even does some kind of some kind of ta you know tablet-like interface that has all of those uh, features in one spot instead of one slim little bar. You've got an entire you got an entire iPad full of that. And and as that touch that touchpad um, ribbon area on the top of the MacBook becomes more intuitive and and more accepted in uh, in society, uh, I could see definitely a peripheral manufacturers taking that and augmenting it and it interfacing pretty simply. Yeah, um, totally, totally agree. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty exciting I, I i i just i agree i think it's cool i i'm just hoping that um lightroom does something smart with it and i'm sure all photographers are hoping that and and i'm hoping that apple does come up with some third party or not third party but like extra detachable keyboard that has the same functionality 
because I don't want to always have to be tied to having my laptop sure. open if I'm working. One other thing is somebody was like, oh, Apple's throwing video professionals under the bus. But what was hilarious is in because they didn't update the Mac Pro, you know, the cylindrical black oh, box. Right. But Apple literally used a videographer's workstation uh, as, a, as an example of how one might use the new MacBook Pro with all the USB-C ports to set up their workstation. They were like, here's a sample videographer's desk <laughs> and like two full power displays, a couple of 24 terabyte uh, pe- uh, Pegasus external hard drives and a couple of controllers. And they're like, this would be perfect and it would work through like one port of the USB-C. I'm excited that they've switched to four USB-C ports it's for a, the MacBook. It, yeah, it's a cool, I, I actually really, I also very much support that decision. I think that's that's very cool to yeah. have just four, because you can plug anything in there. So any, just anything, plug in any port, you can have your charging on the left side or the right side, depending on what you want. All of them are the exact same speed. Uh, Thunderbolt 3, which is insanely fast. Like it's it's, Fantastic. Another interesting thing is, I, I didn't really expect this, but they're actually supporting VGA output. Um, Still, well, with an adapter, yeah. I think they yeah, always with, have that. Yes, yeah, USB-C to VGA. <laughs> which There's I, so many legacy projectors, and I was surprised yeah. to see that they included a headphone jack. Yeah, yeah. I, After I was, the courage. Honestly, and I just uh, think that that's just so awesomely ironic to me. <laughs> it's like, guys, you literally a month ago said... It took courage to remove this from the iPhone. We're a courageous company. And then you leave it in your MacBook Pro. I love it. It just shows you that they're not 100% about that decision, which they shouldn't have been, because I think it's a stupid decision. No offense. Oh, no way, dude. It has to happen. Just like the function keys have to get. Like, this stuff has to happen. Yeah, but does it have to be a lightning port? Uh. Yeah, I wish they did USB-C across the board yeah there you go they really should replace the lightning port with just usb-c on all their devices yeah that's the answer it's not quite as thin but that is the answer it's so fast usb-c is so fast yeah i wonder what the charge time is like um yeah like if if you did use i'm sure it's perfectly fine because there are android phones that have usb-c i think even the new google pixel phone has it and it can charge so US, USB-C is USB 3.1, right? Is that... No, no. Uh-uh. Oh, USB-C it's... versus 3.1. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. USB-C is uh, the next generation. It's way faster. And so Thunderbolt 3, Thunderbolt used to have its own proprietary connection, but now Thunderbolt 3 works and is the exact same size and, and shape as a USB-C, which is kind of confusing and weird, but really good that they're all converging on this one plug type right yeah yeah so i yeah i'm I'm definitely happy about the usb-c ports i'm wondering if four is enough um i'm guessing it is i mean you can always hub well, hub it out the, if you wanted to get a hub right the other thing though is that um sure you got four usb-c ports but one of those is power so um if you're plugged into power you only have three no, you can you can get a breakout hub, and okay. uh, well, I'm saying if you native. had like an external monitor plugged in, the monitor powers right. the laptop as it's plugged in. So yeah, that was my favorite thing about getting this uh, this this Thunderbolt monitor. Um, way back when you sold it to me <laughs> four four years ago or something like that, five years ago. Yeah, um, was that it has power built into 
the uh, built into the screen. So you just come out from the screen uh, via USB and Thunderbolt cable and a power cable. And I was like, man, that's so genius. So I don't know. I, I just, I like that the Mac is, is continuing or the Apple is continuing to, um, I don't know, to find ways of, of optimizing their ports and things like that. It's encouraging. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting time, but it, it really feels like USB-C might be around for a long, long time. I really hope so. I eventually think... save us from the pain that is dongles right now. Right. So. And for those that don't know, the whole point of USB is to be universal. It's literally called a universal serial bus. That's It's supposed to be a universal uh, you know, way of working. And so that's why every, you know, everything that we have has a USB you know, adapter to it and USB adapters are horrible because they only go one way and you never get it right the first time. So, yep. um, I'm glad that so it's, it's yeah. that, that's just a small thing. Um, so bottom line, uh, are you slash, did you get a new MacBook pro? Yeah, I got the 15 inch fully spec, except I didn't get the full two terabyte hard drive. I got a one terabyte hard drive. Yeah, that's just and, Max RAM, I think it was 16 gigs so I could do max. And then, um, yeah, I got my order in real quick, so it should be coming middle of next month. Sweet. And then, um, so are you going to ditch your you're going to ditch your iMac in favor of this? Sorry, that's the plan. Yeah, I've never really liked the iMac. I like I mean, it's just I hate this constant fan noise. I'm a little worried about the noise of the fan in the the MacBook as well, but. Yeah, uh, MacBook Pro. So I'm going to keep my MacBook 12 inch for now, yep. just to use it as my travel computer, and then the MacBook Pro for at home slash travel when I need computer. We'll we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to have I'm I'm excited to have a desktop computer, um, but I'm really I'm honestly even more excited to finally refresh my 2001 MacBook, which just because I've 2011, right? Sorry, did I say 2001? Yeah. Okay, I meant 2011. Um, 2011 MacBook, that is just such an incredible beast. Like, this is an, is an awesome computer, and it's still, like, faster than some other MacBooks out there that are newer. Yeah. But um, definitely excited for either a new MacBook or possibly a new 13-inch MacBook Pro. I'm not sure. It's interesting. A lot of people are complaining about the price increase, but uh, essentially you're paying an extra $300 for that touch bar. Which yeah, is a lot, but it's also a giant touchscreen. Yeah, it's cool. So it's it's cool. going to cost some extra money. It's not like they can keep the prices the same with adding that new technology. So yeah, uh, um, uh, and they released a version of it without the touch bar, a brand new one that doesn't have the touch bar. Uh, I don't know right. who or why you would not get it if you're spending that much money already. Like get the touch bar, but yeah, it's, uh, they decided to kind of keep that. Yeah, it's legacy that legacy keyboard. It's around. that thirteen. It's the 2.0 gigahertz processor, 13-inch MacBook Pro does not have the touch bar. Yeah. And does 15? Are they doing? No, oh, both 15s have it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So the thing is, so part of the reason that I'm building this new computer is because taking a look at the fully maxed out 15-inch uh, MacBook Pro, um, that's a... 2.7 gigahertz processor boost up to 3.6. Um, the one I'm going to get is 4.0 boost up to whatever I want, possibly. <laughs> okay. Um, and graphics are great, but 
so you got the four six Radeon Pro four sixty. I got the yeah the whatever the four gigabytes faster, memory four gig yeah, yeah. four gig yeah that's yeah. good that's good so yeah um, it's uh, looks like a pretty beastly computer pretty excited to see how it performs yeah um, and I'm gonna keep an eye on the surface it's so cool looking the the concept but you know I recently bought a Windows PC I think I mentioned before to operate my Oculus Rift and mm-hmm. it is just the worst freaking <laughs> operating system ever it's so bad is it still. Windows 10 yeah yeah Ugh. it's it's just it, everything about it it does seem like kind of a nightmare um, I just think that I, I don't know what they're doing at Microsoft but it well seems they're crazy. making good moves it's hard to just rewrite an entire operating system yeah but like God, it's so bad. Anyway, uh, we've probably nerded out on people enough. I had an interesting morning I didn't mention earlier. I kind of got sucked into this whole YouTube world. YouTube, like I, I, I came across this video of some guy, and he's apparently all he does is just vlog his life. He's just a dad with a family, and he just has a couple hundred videos of him just like. Yeah, I'm just hanging around the house today. You guys come along with me. And he like goes to get food and like just the most boring and no real production value. And he, as far as I can tell, makes his living from doing this. And then then oh, yeah. I found some kid. He's 20 years old with basically the exact same business model and approach. He was like, oh, I'm buying myself a Tesla, you know, because uh, a lot of times when people get really famous on YouTube, they'll they'll make videos of them buying a really fancy car for their mom and dad. I'm going to buy it for myself. <laughs> so he goes and buys it for himself, which is kind of funny. But the whole video is just him basically going to buy a Tesla with his friends all freaking out. And I'm just totally confused about no, why anybody would care about watching Because that's hype, dude. That's hype. I, yeah, I guess. But that's hype. That, I, I'm trying, dude. I'm definitely trying to watch that. That's hype. No, you're not. I will, I will definitely sit down and watch somebody buy a Tesla because everyone's freaking out like, oh, you're buying a Tesla, you're buying a Tesla. Okay. Yeah, it's. Um, I was just shocked at the this whole underworld of YouTubers that aren't even making like interesting content. They're just talking about their day or their life, and somehow I knew I always knew they existed. This kind of makeup underworld where people do like tutorials on how to put on yep. makeup yep. before and afters and they walk people through everything like i knew that was huge uh there's some people that's all they do professionally that sort of makes some sense to me though uh just having a camera walking around your life saying like hey hey son say something to the camera how are they getting people to watch this <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever uh, i don't know uh, how many but, views does uh, it have sam yeah they have like two million views there you go like so people are watching it People are don't watching. Understand? I just don't. I'm getting old. I'm getting so old. you got sucked in. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. I kept going. One led to another, led to another, and then before I knew it, I was adding to their revenue count by a few dollars. I'm sure this is. There you go. Had to stop. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right. That's cool. I should uh, probably go. I got to edit. I got a session later. Nessa just returned home. So. Yep, and I've got uh, at least one wedding that I'm a little behind on. So I gotta finish try to finish that one up today and get it out the door and then move on if anyone uh, if anyone listening is buying the microsoft surface studio surface i think that's what it's called or uh getting microsoft studio Pro. surface studio surface studio sorry i'd be really interested in hearing from anybody who's buying that uh, how they like it and and be honest <laughs> uh 
Uh, yeah. uh, you know, don't, don't try and justify your $3,000. If it's a crappy experience, I want to know it. But if it's amazing, that would be interesting to know too. Um, and then I'm sure we'll talk about my, my MacBook when it, when it comes in a couple weeks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm particularly interested to, to hear about the, the Surface Studio. So yeah, if, it, if anybody out there grabs it, um, yeah, chime in on Instagram or Reddit. Um, or we even have a face, Facebook group that is, uh, or Facebook uh, page. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's already getting some likes. So hop on uh, in there and you can be among the first to like well, that Well, Instagram, page. yeah, Instagram handle is the Epic Podcast. The Reddit is theepicpodcast.com. So it should be pretty easy to find us. Yep. Um, and um, this will, I'm going to be traveling next week, so I don't know if we'll be able to record, but, um, we'll see. yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, cool. Well, um, have a good one and, uh, yeah, I'll All talk right. to you later on. You too.